Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome, everyone, inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man, Justin Quinn. Uh, the Seas have had an interesting week, to say the least. Uh, our old pal, Isaiah Thomas, returned to the Garden and finally received uh, the tribute that uh, he deserved in uh, what turned out to be an emotional night and a shit performance from the Celtics against the Nuggets, uh, which, which they followed up last night with a, with a good performance uh, against the Sixers. That wasn't quite enough, and there's, I think, a few reasons for that. Um, but Justin, what's going on, man? Uh, how you feeling? Uh, better than I was last night after the game ended. You know, there's been a roller coaster of a season all season long, and at first it felt like this game might have been like that. But you know, after looking at what it took for Philadelphia to walk away with one win out of all of the games we played them this season, uh, I, I'm not that upset about things. I mean, the losses in the last week have not been great. They haven't been terrible either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the things I'm more concerned about now are, are things like Baines' ankle, which we can talk about in a second. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the last night and the Denver game included, um, I mean, the Denver game was you're know, playing against one of the better teams in the Western Conference. You know, obviously, it's a home game; you want to win those. Um, it doesn't kill me as much that you have a you know not so great performance against them last night. Like you said, I thought the Celtics played well. Um, actually, I was listening to Danny Ainge this morning on uh, 985, and he was talking about how you know they've really been playing well overall for the past few weeks. A couple of losses that you know, like the the Clippers lost. The Clippers shot unbelievably uh, under pressure that night. Like, like, it seems like we're getting to the spots that we want to be in. Sometimes you run into a hot team and, you know, you, you can't help that. So, but last night, I think it was a little different than that. Um, I, I think that, obviously, we had the Marcus Smart dust up in the middle of the game, which had a negative impact, I think. Obviously, if he was in that game later, um, we got a couple of those game-winning plays towards the end, that things could have been a lot different. But that aside, I think Baines going down was probably – the biggest problem that we faced last night. I think it was in the second quarter. Embiid kind of, he was already having his way getting to the free throw line, but like, you know, hitting, running into Baines every time wear you down a little bit faster than, um, you know, these other guys that we were throwing at him later. I mean, what did he get to the free throw line? I, I want to say he got to the free throw line himself more than the entire Celtics team. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. So, and I, I didn't even look that up, and I, and I knew that just by watching the game. Uh, he was unbelievable getting inside and getting fouls. And the free throw disparity, I think, was, what, 43 to 16 or something like that? You know, In that neighborhood, absolutely. Yeah, that's – I mean, as much as that was um, Embiid obviously getting inside, there's a, a little, uh, you know, home cook in there when it comes to the, the referees. I think not, – not that they mean to do it, but I think what happens sometimes when you're playing teams at home like – you know, the crowd starts getting going, and, and I, I think sometimes these refs lose their minds because that's a pretty ridiculous disparity. Even if the even if the Celtics weren't getting in the paint as much as they should have, that's 43-16 to 16 makes me want to throw up them right now. 
They weren't doing too bad in terms of getting to the paint either, uh, particularly compared to earlier in the season when they were doing bad. But, I mean, the 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 home refereeing phenomenon, it's a real thing. It just has to do with the dynamic of the crowd. And, well, that's why I'm know, like this. Go ahead, this go ahead. isn't complaining about it. About right. No, 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 no. It's, it's more part of the game. It's more acknowledging that, you know, we were, we were down Gordon, the entire, Gordon Hayward the entire game. We were right. down Baines for half the game. We were down uh, Marcus Smart for nearly half the game. Uh, you know, Kyrie wasn't shooting so great, particularly later in the game. And all of that put together basically delivered them a win with them playing. I think that Embiid was playing like 41 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we were playing our guys the normal amount of minutes. So, I mean, that should tell you not to be so upset. I mean, I didn't think about anything because I wasn't, you know, paying attention to the minutes during the game. Actually, I was teaching during the game, so I, I, I couldn't see most of the game until later. This wasn't such a bad loss. And, you know, two losses together, the way it played out, was definitely not that great. But, I mean, you know, now we are basically locked into the four spot, almost certainly uh, at best, and if not the fifth, the fifth seed. We're not falling any lower than that. So, you know, the, the, the path is going to be the same. Right now we're basically just going to be fighting for home court, barring a miracle or total collapse by Philadelphia. And, you know, with, with Milwaukee also racking up some injuries. Now, we might not have Baines for the first round, and that might make a team like Indiana, if we end up facing them, uh, a little bit harder to, to deal with. And it's looking very strongly like we're going to end up facing Indiana. But I'm pretty confident we can get by them without too much difficulty as long as everyone comes to play. Uh, but then that would face us off against Milwaukee almost uh, – Certainly for, for, for the uh, for the second round matchup, and they're dealing with some injuries of themselves in Malcolm Brogdon and uh, Nico Morotic, both both dealing with some stuff that could have them out at least to the first round and possibly into the second, depending on how it pans out for them. Yeah, and um, I, I mean the other thing too is I mean who looking at it just I, I haven't really made a decision on this yet, but wh- how do you feel Toronto or? The Bucks, because to me, it, I don't think it makes a huge difference who we play in the second round. I don't really either. Uh, I, I do think that we would be a little bit better off, and you know, this could shuffle too because Toronto's only a few games behind uh, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, and they're they're resting Giannis right now. They lost they lost a game to the, the Cavaliers because they rested him, uh, and so I mean, it's not out of the question that those two could flop uh, sw- uh, spots. I am very uncomfortable with the idea of facing Toronto, particularly early. I feel like they have, particularly now that they have Fred Van Bleet back, they are much better equipped to beat Boston. Mm-hmm. And because of because of that, I, I, particularly with what's been happening with Milwaukee, I mean, there's no guarantee these guys are going to be anything but very well rested and healthy by the time we actually face them. But you know, there is a very good chance that they will not be in playoff form because they will have to reinvent exactly how their offense is going to work on the fly. Um, even in the best-case scenario, there's going to be some adjustments that need to be made, and that might be the difference, really, in a series between the two teams at this point. Uh, we've done very well facing against Milwaukee, less so against Toronto, and I suspect, as has been pointed out elsewhere, uh, the, the biggest single postseason adjustment is – not necessarily having people play the same kind of minutes that Joel Embiid played last night for, say, Philadelphia, uh, or, or even, you know, Giannis. But if we have Kawhi playing in every game instead of only one game of back-to-backs and 35, 40 minutes a game instead of 28, 33, 
that's a very big difference. Mm -hmm. And one I'm not real crazy about seeing how that's going to work in the second round. So yeah, and and I do think that you know with with Philly, if, so if if it stays as it stands now, and we do get through our first round matchup against Indiana, you know, Philly provides a a pretty interesting matchup for Toronto too. And for whatever, take them out. right? And for whatever reason, uh, we've 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 had their number. Uh, last night's game aside, we took the rest of the season series, and obviously we saw what happened last year. So I mean. How much of that do you? Th- how much of that win last night do you think takes the monkey off their back? Because I mean, obviously, if we won that game, um, there'd be a huge monster hanging over them if we were to meet them in the Eastern Conference Finals. But um, honestly, I think it's better. Yeah, because now it right. This is this is what I was thinking too. Now it brings them back. Well, now they've got a little bit of swagger in their step, right? And you know, a little overconfidence coming into a game. And even though they should not have won that game last night at all. Exactly. And I really feel that that's going to be to our advantage if we do end up facing them in the Eastern Conference Finals, which is the soonest we would run into them at this point, you know, they would be very beat up. They don't really have a bench. And by that point of the season, they're going to be needing to play and be 35 minutes a game minimum to get to that far in, into the postseason. And that's going to wear on him. I mean, you know, he, he has been considerably more healthy this season, much more healthy than any season he's had before i mean arguably combined two seasons combined but i mean that said he's a big guy and he's a very mobile big guy who has very bad you know injury histories for that type of a, a player profile so not that i am wishing for an injury there but it is a very legitimate possibility that at the very least it's going to start wearing him down and you know he's not really that kind of a player he has not proven that he can put out that kind of an effort that long. And, you know, his conditioning is probably much better than it was last year, particularly considering the fact that he has never broken face mm-hmm. this year, at least yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm not would. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of games to be played between now and then, and they don't particularly have anyone that can step up should they have an injury to anyone, never mind Embiid. So, I mean, if it was any of their, their five or six best players, they're basically screwed. Right. Yeah, no, thousand percent. Speaking of injuries, too, um, we had Baines last night. We already talked about being down. Um, what, what do we know right now about the injury? Because as far as I know, he, he could be out for the rest of the regular season, right? The description is day-to-day and less, less than week-to-week. But that is very uh, ambiguous, uh, I think, un- intentionally. We, we all know that Baines probably would like to be on court as soon as he possibly could. Uh, it's unlikely, I think, with a grade two sprain that he will be able to play before it's the very earliest, I would say, Sunday. Uh, but I, I do think that it's much more likely that he is going to come back in the first week of April, maybe the second if they want to play it safe. Uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, considering that we also have to play Indiana two times in that, that range. Mm-hmm. Uh We'll, we'll probably have him out for the first matchup uh, next week when we play them just to be safe. And if we can survive them with at least one game, then I, I think they'll probably pressure him to sit even longer mm-hmm. just to, to, to be as healthy as he possibly can. Because if you come back too soon on anything but the lightest of ankle sprains, it's very easy to re-injure. And even though there's not really that much of a, a, a danger to your long-term abilities other than being prone, more prone to uh, ankle turns – um, 
it's it's just we need him, you know, particularly yeah. if we play Indiana in the first round. That's exactly the kind of team we need him most against. Yeah, I think I think good scenario is bring him back with a couple couple games left in the season, even and, j- and just get him, you know, build him up, get a get a get him testing it out and working on it. You know, even if you don't have him up to full full speed, um, you want to get him to feel confident about moving around on it uh, before the season's exactly. over, before you get to the playoffs. But um, yeah, I, I'll tell you, bullet dodge if you ask me, because I thought that was a knee. It looked like a knee. I was I was texting with one of my buddies, and I thought for sure that was going to be an MCL ACL type deal because it was a non contact injury, and the way the way he turned on it and just went down like a sack of potatoes. Um, he wasn't really holding anything, just kind of his leg. So I did, there was no real giveaway, and I thought for sure he was toast. So um, as bad as the sprained ankle is, uh, I'll take it. Um, Indeed. So, also last night we had uh, Marcus Smart got a little uh, PO'd and shoved Joel Embiid. Um, this is actually breaking news right now. We just got an email about this right now. So, Smart is getting a $50,000 fine for that. Um, it's got, isn't that a little hefty for a, uh, um, you know, unsportsmanlike? Uh, I mean, it's a flagrant too, but. Um, Normally it-, it would be. Yeah, normally it would be. Because I mean, there was talk or... that he might get suspended mm. just because he has been, um, he has been, let's say, less less violent with things off the court this year, for which <laughs> many Celtics fans Seriously. are thankful. But that is definitely, uh, you know, bubbled up a little bit into on court shenanigans a bit more than usual. Maybe not as intense as some some incidents in the past. But you know he he has been a bit of a firebrand this year, and he, I'm I'm fairly certain he barely dodged a suspension last time, mm-hmm. and he's he's skating I think as close as you possibly can uh, with with these flagrants to you know get fined without getting suspended. I think that if it had been just a little bit more intense, a little bit scarier, uh, a little chippier, then he would have been suspended just because you know. With, and this is not even necessarily because of him, but just because of like Serge Ibaka taking Marquise Chris mm-hmm. by the neck and, yeah. and that, that kind of thing happening. Mm-hmm. They they want to make sure that they they don't have another you know malice yeah. in the palace situation. I'm very confident they're not going to, but that is the general fear of the league, and they really just they can't afford to have that kind of negative press right now. So I, I was absolutely terrified that he was going to hurt himself smashing things in the back, but thankfully uh, it seems like we've avoided that. We we don't have any word that it. He's broken anything or cut himself in any way. So uh, good on you, Marcus. Um, but um, d- did you notice – now, here's one thing. I see a lot of people people going crazy about this and, uh, you know, as if it was like an overreaction because it ser- sure seemed like it when he hopped up and, you know, he did catch a, a straight elbow. But I did notice from watching the game – I mean, that wasn't the first time that Embiid had done that that night. I mean, he'd probably done that three or four times to different Celtics. Maybe he caught Marcus with it a couple times. But – the, the way that he was standing there on these picks and he's, he's got his el- – he stands up square up and then juts his elbows out just so he yep. catches you as you're going by. And, yep. I mean, while Marcus certainly didn't handle that the best way, um, I can see how that would aggravate you. Because if I was playing a pickup game with somebody and they kept doing that, uh, I would certainly have a response as well. Um, I, yep. I think I think more effectively, he should have got up and gotten in his face um, because – and then here you are, you're not being the first, you know, like you're, you're obviously addressing it. And then like the shove from behind sucks because you're getting tossed and, and there's not going to be any repercussions unless Embiid had somehow gotten to him. Right. The, it was a little weak. Yeah. I, well, I agree. 
I don't think he actually wanted to get to him because I'm pretty sure Marcus would kick his ass if they actually fought. I don't care how big he is. Marcus <laughs> is about that life. He's crazy. Um, <laughs> but anyways, let's get on to some better, uh, more happy thoughts, I guess. Um, sure. Our, our old pal, Isaiah Thomas, King of the Fourth, returned to the Garden. Um, he got a pretty awesome video tribute. They, even, they were even teasing it during the day. Um, I think it just goes to show you the respect that, you know, the, the team has for him. Um, despite the way that things went down and obviously he got traded, um, you know, for Kyrie Irving and there was a lot of emotion at the time, especially from it. I'm, I'm sure that wasn't an easy thing for range to do. I mean, he's spoken on it many times. Um, but you have to put your team in the best situation that you think. Um, so I, in the video was, the video was pretty awesome. Uh, it was cool. They kept the camera on it too. You could see his reaction. Um, Danny was talking on the radio today about, um, they were asking him if, if, if he was able to talk to, you know, um, Isaiah and, uh, he said, um, th- that he texts every so often with him just about random things. Um, not necessarily always basketball related, but he, um, he said that, uh, Isaiah did give him a little nod pointed to him when he first got, you know, uh, came out to the court the other night. Uh, what'd you think of the tribute? Um, I thought it was long overdue. <laughs> first of all, yeah, well, yeah, uh, right. I'm glad. I'm glad he finally actually got to get on the court, even if it was a bit of a meh. I mean, they, like they let him. They gave him some run for somebody who hasn't been playing, and he played it like seven minutes. So yeah, uh, they, I, they didn't have they to do that. Did. That was that was definitely. Uh, and granted, they had the game. I think they were up ten points while he was on the court. So it's not like uh, you know they they were in any kind it of didn't uh, hurt him. right. Even though he, <laughs> what did he have? One assist, and 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 that was it. He he, he missed a layup. Uh, he bricked a couple of threes. Um, it, it, it wasn't the Isaiah that we're used to seeing. We'll just leave it at that. Um, at least the one that we remember. Funny thing, the night before, he touched when he touched down in Boston, um, he, he texted, when I land, where's a good pickup game? You know, people throwing all kinds of stuff at him, whatever. I, I guess they practiced at Emerson, the uh, the Nuggets. They held a yeah. practice there, and he was shooting around after practice, and uh, the Emerson College run was there. And somebody posted a video of Isaiah playing with these kids. And I, I think I sent you this video, because this was like the most embarrassing of pickup games. Well, m- maybe the game was better than they said, because that's what the kid on Twitter said. But <laughs> this kid in a Larry Bird jersey, or shirt with, I think he had pants on too, like sweatpants, which is just disturbing uh, when you're running pickup with an NBA player. But, and comes down and throws up like one of those fourth grade, like, you know, like floaters. I, I, I mean, it, I was in floater, floater, floater would be, I think, I think fl- ugly. well, floater ugly, is, ugly, I'm, ugly. I'm being generous here. I don't know what else to call it. He kind of lofted the ball up in the air. Uh, I mean, it's kind of uh, if that if that's the best game that Isaiah could find in Boston on a, a Sunday night, that's uh, that's sad, Boston. We got to step that up. Shame th- on us, man. My, my, my pickup game with my three buddies is more entertaining than that, and none of us is that good. So, um, yeah, uh, that's that's crazy. But, um, uh, but we're we were talking about um, my bad. Um, <laughs> Ainge, this morning they were trying to bait Ainge into talking about Isaiah, and obviously he can't talk about a player under contract. Um, you know, there's you know 
ideas that I, I, the way he has this love affest with the Celtics. Um, do you think it's possible that he could? It, let's say Kyrie Irving resigns, okay? Because if he doesn't, all bets are off, and who knows what the hell's going to happen, right? But let's say that Kyrie resigns. Is he an? Is he a good guy to have as a backup point guard for him? I mean, seeing saying we lose, let's say we lose Rogier, um, you know, I mean, did, would that even work? In the scenario where we don't have Rozier, but we do have Kyrie on a long-term deal, and he doesn't have uh, a player option in the first couple of years. Yeah, right. Then in that scenario, uh, I wouldn't mind giving Isaiah like a one plus one, mm-hmm. just so, so that way he would have you know, like a, a player option so he could get a bigger deal someplace else mm-hmm. after showcasing it. It would have to make sense for him. Uh, I don't. I don't think he'd be doing himself any favors by coming back to the Celtics in terms of his career, in terms of earnings. He, as I've heard many others have pointed out, he could make way more money overseas in Europe and China. Uh, he could be a much bigger presence, get much more playing time on. If he does return to the NBA, a much worse team. Yeah, but why, yeah, like, like I still don't understand. Not like, not to cut you off here, but like, why didn't he sign with like an Orlando this year? Now, granted, he didn't get back till towards know. the end of the season. It it boggles my mind why he jumped on a team. Uh, now, Denver was an up and coming team, but you you thought for sure they were going to be a playoff team, right? Um, yep. A, a middle of the pack in the Western Conference, at least they've, they've overachieved on that end, but still. I, with a point, I mean, with a Monty point Morris. guard in place, Monty Morris. I just it doesn't uh, it never made sense to me why that was a destination for him. And I mean, he, he figured that Monty Morris was not going to be a major player. He thought uh, he, in his yeah. first year in the NBA. Yeah, and thought and that's perhaps, not a reasonable assumption. Yeah, no, I, I guess I, I still I don't know. I, he could have gotten all the shots he wanted on a bad team. I know Orlando was interested in him. Um. I just I don't know I don't know how that I don't know I, I I think it was a poor decision and I think it would be a poor decision for him to come back to the Celtics when he should probably go to a team where he can at least fight for a starting job because if Kyrie Irving's here that's not going to happen now if Kyrie leaves that's a different story and you know that 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 opens up an all whole different can of worms and but um I don't know I, I don't think I, you know what I was thinking the other day too and I, we should we should tweet this out and see what we can get would you rather have it or Rondo as your backup next year if Irving is your uh, starter. Rondo. Yeah, me too. I mean, it makes more sense. It does. It makes more sense. Right. And then just because you're looking for a guy to distribute and get the other guys the ball, you know, I mean, instead of, I don't know, uh, Irving and Isaiah's game is too similar for it to make sense to me. If that. Yeah. And, and they're, 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 they're too similarly sized. They need to be played fairly similarly. Right, and they need, uh, both need a lot of shots. The personalities. Right, exactly. And I, Isaiah walking back in here and being on Irving's team, uh, granted, you know, we're questioning now how good of a, you know, leader Irving is or whatever. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to bring in someone with IT's personality who uh, we know is a good leader at the very least, whether he's a better player or not. Obviously, Irving right now looks – hell of a lot better than he does but um you know it's i don't think that's a good mix at all um whereas i think rondo at least is later in the stage of his career while we know he's a good leader and would be a good guy in the court i think he's willing to take a back seat now whereas it is still looking for that brinks truck right or at least looking to regain his a truck a truck truck at all how about a how about a tacoma full 
there's there's nothing bad I can say about the guy. I mean, um, you know, he, he got a he got a raw deal. Um, but it is what it is. It's a it's a business. It's a sport. What it uh, you know, it sucks. But I wish him nothing but the best. So the Celtics have lost a couple straight here. Um, uh, not a, not ideal, but like we said, they're still not playing the worst of basketball. Monday's game aside, um, uh, bigger problems are obviously the Bane's industry, uh, the Bane's injury, um, and then we've got Gordon Hayward still in concussion protocol after what happened in Atlanta. Uh, he might be okay for Saturday versus Charlotte, but that's uh, still we're, we got to keep an eye on that. Morris has not been so good. Um, Tatum also not not playing his best basketball right now, but we have some positive. Jalen Brown is playing out of his out of his mind right now. He's playing awesome. Kyrie has had two of his best game of the season in his past three, and uh, we had a monster game from Rogier last night against Philly in the loss. But Rogier played well, and I think it's huge if Rogier keeps um, this up. I mean, obviously, I've, I've been saying all year that you know it might be time to 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 move on and, and try something else, and yet. Here he, here he is, he's playing, you know, the, looks like Scary Terry again last night. So yeah, if he can even, you know, come close to doing what he did last night um, in the in the postseason and being a, a solid option and a, and a scoring threat off the bench, doesn't have to be every game, but, you know, uh, for most of them, that's going to be huge. So we lost two of the last three. We had the win over Atlanta last Saturday, um, which was a blowout that turned into a kind of a close game. So it, not, it ended up being 129 to 120, but... Uh, the Celtics did did pull it out at the end. Um, you got a interesting week coming up. We've we've probably already played um, our most difficult games this past week in Denver and Philly. Um, we've got Charlotte Saturday afternoon, San Antonio on Sunday in the back to back, and then Tuesday night against Cleveland. Um, these are games that they should win. Obviously, I I would imagine. Uh, Two out of three would be would be ideal, at least. Um, hopefully, the Celtics can really get rolling. And, and, but we are we do know that they're going to start sitting Irving, or at least he's going to be taking some breaks here. I, I would expect him to miss one of the two games, probably the Sunday game against San Antonio. Um, and, but you know, maybe that gets Rozier some more time in there, and hopefully, uh, get him rolling and have everybody on the same page going into the playoffs. Over these last couple of weeks, guys, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the pod on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, most podcatcher apps. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure to let us know in the comment of any Celtics Life article. Go on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you guys the coverage you want, the way you like it. And from myself and Justin. We'll catch you guys next week. Later.